Welcome and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Now let's listen to Pastor Deb Hilton as she shares her message. Pleasure to be here. I feel honoured actually to be here in Alice. This is my very first time ever, and um, now you're not going to get rid of us. We're coming back. We love it, and uh, we just love what you are doing in this place. It's a really best kept secret, you know. I just trying to capture in a few words to describe this place, and I don't think there is because it's like the footprint isn't big um, in the natural, but you have a big footprint. In the, as people resource, you know, and I just see amazing stuff, which um, God has actually given me a word. But just before that, I want to show you my family, um, my husband. There's my wonderful husband. Uh, I met him when I was 16. And uh, I look at 16-year-olds now and I go, you're not going out with my boy, uh, my girl. And so... Um, we were engaged at 18 and my mum said, you're not getting married before you're 19. So I was waiting for the time and there you go, it's 19, we're getting married. So we got married and we started having babies and so we all grew up together, us and the babies. So our, our kids here, Belinda is our oldest daughter and she's got four children. She's one brave mama, she does that on her own. So she's got Emily, Olivia, Josiah and Isaac and uh, she has a real heart for those kids, for kids. She loves children and especially if they have special needs because a couple of hers are high functioning autistic so she is amazing with those kids and so she has ministered to a lot of other kids in the, in um, she's with us in Vietnam and she's doing an amazing job with a lot of other kids who come into her home and she teaches them our son Josh uh, he was a pastor on staff with Ben at Hope Centre with Wayne Alcorn for many years but of course the DNA of missions is in our blood so of course he just couldn't help himself. He had to come back to Vietnam. And his wife, Rachel, she is also the daughter of missionary couple. And they met in Vietnam, took one look at each other and went hubba hubba and they were gone. And there you go. Married and three kids. So Elia, Asher and Macy, cute little Macy. Everyone loves Macy. Nobody can say no to Macy. And so they're with us. For a long time they were back in Australia, but God just brought us all back together again. I think that's just the grace of God, you know, just bringing us all together. And we're working together as well as with our own you know vein of missionary that missions that we're doing over there but you know what we're doing over there doesn't just happen you know all our married life it's interesting all our married life we knew we were called to mission and the church we were in because we're from Newcastle New South Wales we did get to Tassie but I'll tell you in a minute about that New South now New South Wales so go the blues I know that I love that. Go the blues. Yay. Hear that? Hear that? I have to say, I'm in the right company today. So, um, yeah, well, Newcastle. So the church we're involved there was involved with Sri Lanka. So we assumed because of a heart for missions, we're on Sri Lanka. But through, and it's a whole other story, um, God actually called us to the, the state of Tasmania, and you kind of go, how does that work? We're called to mission, but God, you know, Tassie is a mission, and so um, God called us to that place, it was very evident through many signs, and we ended up in Tasmania. Uh, in our former life in Newcastle, we were business people, we were very involved with the church, but God had called us into mission, and uh, we went to Tassie to help with the Pioneer Church. This couple had been praying for a couple to come alongside 
in this new church and we were it. So being business people, we thought we need to buy a business that will help support us in ministry. And so we bought this business that we thought was okay and then we, we went down there. So that's where it all began and we were in Tasmania. But, you know, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our story because, you know what, you don't just arrive. None of us just arrive. We don't go from call to where you are. There is a journey and there is a process. And all of us, if we're going to get something worthwhile and grow, we need to do the process. None of us like it. And I'm going to share that in a moment. Before I do that, I want to pray because God has given me a specific word for you, the church. And I have to say, when God talks to someone you don't know, Deb Hilton, in a town called Da Nang, which you wouldn't have a clue where it is, in Vietnam, and starts to speak to me in Da Nang, Vietnam, about Alice Springs and you, you have to know God is in it. And you also have to know that God is above culture, he's above distance, he's above time, he's above all things, and he can speak. And I think sometimes he takes an unknown to speak into lives that we don't know each other because you have to say, that has to be God. And so let's just stand for one minute, because when we pray, I like us to stand. I think there's, a, there's something about standing when we pray, because it's easy to pray, you know. So let's pray. Father God, I just pray, Lord, this word that you have that will come from heaven, Lord God, I don't want it to be my words, Lord. I am just your vessel. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you will bring life to the words that I speak. Lord, my inability is um, just in the natural, I cannot do, but God, through your Holy Spirit anointing, I pray that you speak the word today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can sit down. Well, I want to set the scene for the word that God has given me, the prophetic word that God has given me for you as a church. And particularly, I was thinking of Dan and Dan, uh, sorry, Ben and Danielle. But I'm going to set the scene for you. Who enjoys travel? Does anyone enjoy travel? I suppose most of you have traveled if you're living here, right? Well, we love travel, but for 16 years of our 20 years in Vietnam, we had realized we hadn't had a holiday and... um, because we thought we'd come back to Australia every furlough, every time you come to visit all your churches, that's our holiday. You know, go racing around the churches, you speak, and I've had my holiday. But you get back exhausted, more exhausted than when you're on the field, and you guys would know about that. So we realised we didn't actually ever have a real holiday. And our desire, my desire in particular, was to go to Europe, and particularly in England. My grandmother's from England. She's in heaven now, actually. But when she migrated from England to Australia, she would tell us all about the stories of England, and she would share with passion her heart for her home country. And one thing she loved to do, because she often went back to visit, was to go to London. She wanted to see the changing of the guards. She wanted to go and visit the Queen. Well, not really the Queen, but her house, Buckingham. You know that place? Buckingham Palace. So she would go and watch the the changing of the guard. She used to love looking at it and she'd tell us every detail. So when we got 
to England. I was so excited and we'd already had the plan that we wanted to go up around and visit where she'd come from and all that before we finally, the last stop was to London and I was so excited to get to this place that my grandmother loved to visit. So we got up early in the morning, we went to Buckingham Palace and already there was crowds and crowds of people and so we're thinking, oh man, We'll just have to push through because, you know, we're Asian and uh, there's, no, there's no lines in Asia. We did it politely, but, we, you know, we was like, we're just going to get around and try and get to the front. And, you know, so we got to the front as close as we could, but we couldn't get to the very front. And the reason we couldn't was there were so many children. And these children were so small on their own, they could not see the incredible event that was taking place of this exchanging of the guards. So either the child would ask their father, but most of the time the father would naturally swoop down and pick up their child and put them on their shoulders. So these children had the best vantage point out of everyone. These children, it didn't matter where they were standing, could see the event and see the whole across the whole procession better than anyone else that was standing there. And I want to tell you something today. Those kids did not get that position because of what they'd done. Those kids did not get that position because of what they'd paid. Those children got that position because of whose they were. And they simply had asked their father to lift them up to that position or their father just naturally picked them up and placed them on their shoulders. And that position was because of whose they were. They were positioned to get the best vantage point. And, you know, God's desire is the same for you and I. And I was saying, Ben and and Danielle, God has said to you, you in particular, you've come here to stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before. We often, there is always, we recognise there's been a platform. But, God is saying, but... God is saying to you both, you have not come here to stand on the past, but God is standing you on his shoulders because there's a different vantage point that he's placed upon you guys. And Isaiah 22, 22 is the verse that he has put upon your lives and it says this and we know it well. And we can sometimes read a scripture we know well and go, oh yeah, that's a great scripture, but this has a lot of deep meaning. We can take this and says this, I will place on his shoulders the king, the key to the house of David. What he opens, that's Jesus, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can um, open. We have to honour those that have gone before us. And what's gone before is amazing. In fact, Paul and I are very good friends with the people who planted this church. And if you've been here since the planting of the church, Tom and Denise Royals came and planted Alice Springs. So amazing, right? But there's a new emerging emerging happening here. There's a new season upon you. And it's easy to throw those words out. But when God... When I'm praying in my lounge room in Da Nang, Vietnam, God, what is the word for this church? And that comes straight away. You have to know 
there is a season upon you. And as you sit on Jesus' shoulders, you'll come to realise, if you don't already, that God has placed on you a new vantage point. You're going to see things from different vantage point. You're going to see things differently. You're going to see things from a new perspective. And it's going to be wider. It's going to be broader. And it's going to give you favour like not before. And because the shoulders you're sitting on is the Lord's. You know, from that position, you're actually going to see the fabric of this area and all the diversities of culture. And God is going to give you strategies on reaching the cultures of this area. And I just think that's so exciting. So I want to say again, Isaiah 22, 22, I have placed on, the sh- on his shoulders, that's the Lord, the key of the house of David. And what he's saying to you as a church and to Ben and Danielle, what God has opened to you, no one's going to shut. No man is going to shut. And what he shuts, no one will open. You know, because... You know, there are doors that actually that you've felt that you wanted to open, but you, God is saying, I want you to push on them. Sometimes you've felt that, oh, is it our place to do that? But God is saying, you need to push. But God is going to whisper by his spirit, and, and you're going to know it's the voice of God when he says this one, and he'll give you wisdom on, play, on pushing those doors, and God is the holder of the keys. We can't say because of circumstances, I can't, because God is the holder of the keys. We can't say because of lackability, we can't, because God is the holder of those keys. God is going to open and he will give you authority in that. You've got to thank him for that. God is with you. If your influence as an individual and as a church is going to grow and expand. Is that all right? Sound good? Well, this morning... It's interesting because I had a whole different word. And then I got home last night and I read and I went, this isn't right. And God said, no, I want you to share your journey, which is a lot in my book. And this particular book, Just Say Yes, is really what it's all about. And um, because I thought if I have to share anything, I have to share something from my life. And God spoke to me and said, just share the testimony. And like I said before, we don't just leap from a call to where we've got to go. There is a process. And my book is basically in three parts. The first part is about my growing up years. I grew up in a dysfunctional family. My father was a paranoid schizophrenia. Uh, he, he didn't know what he was doing one day to the next. He was in and out of mental homes. He was a drug addict. So our home was like, if, when he was home, everyone was scared. And so it was quite difficult. Yet he didn't really know what he was doing. But the, the point of the part one is you don't have to be defined by your past. And the second part is really our journey, which I'm going to talk a little bit about in Tasmania, just for a few moments. And God took us on a journey in Tasmania for six years, and it became our Bible school of life. We all need a Bible school of life. And then the third part was when God called us from uh, Tasmania to Vietnam. So he calls us from Newcastle to Tasmania, and he does this Bible school of life on us. We learn to trust him like never before. Then he says, now I want you to go to Tasmania to Vietnam. And I say, okay, God, I trust you. But would you please do something for me every day from today till the day we get on the plane? There's 200 days of miracles, revelation, 
every single day something happened you know because in bible times we read oh you know Noah built this ark and then they were saved and like that well he had day after day after day of needing to believe God and trust God our life is a day by day walk right it doesn't just leap from one to the other well just so you get the picture here in 1987 has anyone recognized 1987 or you're all too young 1987, God, um, not God, we, we had a desire to build our dream home and we sacrificed, we saved, we spent a lot of time and effort, we designed it, we did everything and finally this place was built and we were going to keep this as a property even when we went overseas, this was going to be ours forever. And a week before we moved in, God said this, if I ask you to give it up, will you do it? And I thought, get behind me, Satan. How can that can't be God? But it was so in my spirit and it would not leave me. And so I thought, I really need to answer God before I move in. So I think it was a day or so before I just said, okay, God, if you ask us to give it up, I'll do it. But I didn't tell Paul because I didn't want him to get any ideas. So we moved in, and the day we moved in, all our friends had helped us, and we, they'd all left, and we had one set of friends to stay, and we sat on the lounge, and as soon as we sat on that lounge, Paul said, you know what? If God takes this all away tomorrow, it wouldn't matter. And I was like, whoa, I'm floored. Not because I wasn't settled already in my spirit, but I just knew God was up to something. Well, fast forward just three years and God did call us to Tasmania. And you know what? Obedience is important, but obedience is never easy. And so, but you think because you obey that everything's going to be smooth sailing and everything's just going to be wonderful. Well, that's just not real life. But um, so we answer the call and we end up in Tasmania to help with this pioneer church. And we bought a business because we thought we need some money to you know, support us in business. And we bought this business that we thought was wonderful. And we started to settle into life and we loved it. And then we thought, let's have our first camp. So we had our first camp for the church and we had an invited speaker from Melbourne. And he said, I've just got some words for people if you feel to come out. So we went running out because we were like, yes, you know, we've answered the call. This is going to be good. It's going to be an awesome word. I can't wait to hear this word. So we as a family came out and God said, he said through, um, God spoke to him and said this, God's called you to this place. I'm going, I know. It's awesome. We've, that's confirmation. Thank you, Lord. But don't look to the right or don't look to the left. And we're like, no, we want to be just focused on what you've got, God. That's what we're here for. And then he basically got a gun out and shot us. Well, not really, but he just said, but there are tough times ahead for you guys. Who wants to hear when you've obeyed God and you've just come and you've sold up everything and you go to this strange land and you do what God tells you to and it's like, well, you're in for tough times now, love. And it's like, well... All I could think about was, oh, well, maybe it's just the culture and maybe it's this and, you know, Saturday afternoons, there's no shopping, you know, that shuts at 12, I've got to deal with that, you know, that's my tough time. No, but basically I thought, well, of course there's, you know, adjustments and everything, so it's all going to be good. Well, we kind of got over that tough times ahead, we just put it over on the shelf, but two or three months later, it all came crashing in. The business we'd had bought was owned by someone who was 
not a good person and he had given it a bad name. Everything is by word of mouth and relationship in Tasmania. And bottom line is we had moved to Tassie with, when we sold our house with enough money to buy the business, which we did, and enough money in the bank to buy a house. But long story short... We tried to honour our um, clients and we ended up using everything that we had to do that and above and beyond to the point of view that we were starting to go under. And apart from that, we were in a state where it was isolated, we are feeling homesick, we had no money, so we couldn't just get on a plane or a boat to get over to where we were, because like, you couldn't just drive there. So we're in a place now where God had us where we were just totally had to surrender but you know what it took a year a year from that starting to when we finally got it we're a bit thick but we finally got it when we thought you know what God is good and he only wants to do us good and I think we need to get that in our spirit God is good and he only wants to do us good and we came to that point because you know what you can do something and it can be a good idea and a good idea will only last until the honeymoon's over and then things start to go wrong and you get frustrated and all that. But when you know that you know that you know that it's a God thing, you will put a stake in the ground. And this day, one year later, Paul and I got on our knees and we said, God, we know that you're good and you only want to do us good. We don't understand why all this is happening, but you're obviously doing something in us. So whatever you are doing, just do it. A dangerous prayer to pray. But I tell you what, it was the best prayer that we'd ever prayed because as things started to strip off us, we would lean into God and we would grow richer than we'd ever been in our whole life because we gained from God things that we would never have gained otherwise. He provided miraculously in ways that natural could never have happened and I wouldn't replace it for anything in the world. And I want to tell you, you may think, why am I telling you all this? Because, you know, it makes you think, yeah, 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 I want to obey God. So I want to do that. Well, I want to tell you, if you are in a season right now where you are on a journey, maybe it's a crisis, maybe it's a journey of growth, whatever it is, God wants to tell you don't quit. Don't quit halfway through your journey. Allow God to finish the work that he's put in you to do. Allow God to do the work that he has in you. Because I tell you what will happen. If you stay the path, he will catapult you into greater things. He will catapult you into preparing you for greater things. I can say that from conviction. I know. We could not be in Vietnam 20 years with all that God had put on our life to do over the 20 years. Yes, we were followed. Yes, we were interrogated. Yes, Paul went, was arrested and all those things. But you know what? If we'd have gone from Newcastle to Vietnam, we would have gone, I'm out of here. Because there would have been no inner strength inside of us, no God's strength inside of us. God had to do something in us that was going to take us for the long haul. And you know... When you obey God and when you say yes to God, you can trust him in your journey. That's why this is called just say yes, you can trust God in your journey because he wins. He wins. And so you stay the path. And I just want to tell you a couple of things that from our life, from just saying yes, if we had not said yes, we could have missed out on. 
from us the ripple effect of our obedience. And this is not going glory to Deb. This is glory to God. We were used by God to assist gain registration for the Vietnamese Assembly of God across the whole nation. We were used to gain favour with Vietnamese authorities and we have um, opportunity after opportunity now because of relationship to speak into their lives. We've prayed with government officials. We've shared the gospel with the Vietnamese government. We are reaching thousands in communities and, and villages and seeing transformation. We have written life skill programs now that are changing mindsets of youth, not just now in Vietnam but right across the globe. Just a few things from a obedience if God has got you on a journey don't quit halfway because he has something in mind for you he's got something you know greater for you these days for you like God's called you to this place right now whether you're here short term long term mid term right now this is where God's got you and you might be feeling what's going on What's going on? I came here. I know that I was meant to be here, but what's going on? Allow God to do in you what he wants to do. Because you know what? It's going to be good. Because God only wants to do you good. He only wants to do you good. And you can trust God in the journey. He is faithful. I can say without a shadow of a doubt that he is faithful. You know what? We are provided more for today, and I'm not saying give up your jobs because, you know, we're all called to something different, but God, this is our call. God provides better for us than we've ever provided for ourselves, and it's simply because we've said yes. Our default answer to God must be yes, and when we say yes to God, be surprised. Be surprised. Be expectant. Those 200 days that I said to God, I expect because we made a deal and because I knew that God was wanting to talk to me I tell you what there were days when I'm talking about 10 o'clock just one just one quick example every day God would do something or he'd give financially or he'd give us a revelation or something it was a Sunday I just preached at a church nothing I was getting nothing we were getting nothing I was saying God you said every day every day I'm not letting go of you until every day so we get home it's 10 o'clock at night and um, we're talking I said we're not going to bed because God said every day and we're waiting and 11 o'clock comes and I said God I am still waiting I am not letting this day you said every day who rings you at 11 30 at night who rings you at 11 30 at night and says hey God's just spoken to me I was at your service in the morning and he has said to me I must support you I must support you I don't know why I felt that this was a bad time to ring but I just was impressed that I needed to ring you now this is what I meant to do. God wants us to support you financially. You can trust God in your journey. Yeah. And God, it's okay to say to God, you said. And you said, when he gives you a word, you can say it. God, you said. And that's what I want to tell you today. You can trust him wherever you're at. You can trust him in your journey because he's a good God and he only wants to do good for you. And he lifts you up. Stay on his shoulders. He will scoop you up. He will hold you. And when you move this way, if you move on his shoulders and go this way on his shoulders, and if he turns suddenly and you're on his shoulders, you can be sure you will not fall because he has you securely on his shoulders. God loves you. And he has a plan for your life. There is no one 
exempt from the plan. Unless you have a pine box waiting for you out there, age has nothing to do with it. You know, ability, God has given each and every one of us till we take our last breath. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. Okay, can we stand? I want to pray for you in these next few minutes. I know God has spoken to you. I know that you are thinking, I needed to hear that. I needed to know that God's still on my case. I needed to know that God is still working on me. Let me tell you, when God's in the mountains, he's also in the valleys. And he walks through with you. He has not left you. He's not only not left you, but he's walking it with you. And he's saying, come on, let's keep going, keep going. I have been in this place and I know this place well. You just stay on my shoulders and we're going to get out. Not only are we going to get out of this place, we're going to run and we're going to do some great things together. But just trust me in the journey that I've got you on. He is faithful. That six years that we were in Tasmania, day after day, and I'm going, I think it was about halfway through, I said, God, I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm ready. Can we get out of this now? This teaching thing, I've had enough. And God said, you think you're ready? You're not ready. Stay the whole journey. Trust him in the whole journey and don't quit. Amen? Amen. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for these beautiful people. I thank you, Lord, that they've come to this place and said, Lord, I've come in obedience. Some plans that I thought I had look different to what I expected. But God, I say to you today, I trust you. I trust you in this journey and I know that I am going to be stronger, I'm going to be more resilient, I'm going to be more believing and leaning on you and I know that when you say go that I'll be able to go. I know that staying on your shoulders, Lord God, I am safe and secure and those shoulders will open doors that were never opened to me before. They're going to, you are the key holder and I can trust you with those, those keys to open the right door. When I stay on your shoulders. I know that I won't go off track, that I'm going to stay on track, that I'm going to be the person you called me to be in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. It's been a pleasure to be here. I have loved every minute of it. Thanks, Ben. We hope you have been encouraged by this message. For more information, check out our website at desertlifechurch.org.